Hi, we here at Grace Life would love to help you discover Jesus' unconditional love and grace for you. We pray that this message will be a blessing to you and further establish you in the truth of God's Word. Before we go there, let's just do a quick recap of what we spoke about last time. Um, can anyone remember why Paul wrote the letter to the Colossian believers? Can anyone remember why Paul wrote the letter to the Colossian believers? You know me. <laughs> okay, so the main reason Paul wrote the letter was to set right and fight against a false teaching about the identity of Jesus. No? The believers there were living in a dominantly pagan society and culture. No? So false teachers came in and they were mixing pagan ideas and scriptural ideas. Okay? Um, pagan means they, they were worshipping other gods, strange gods. No? These false teachers had taken ideas from astrology, magic and Judaism and they made a teaching about Jesus that says that he is only an angel. No? You remember that we spoke yeah. about that. And this seems crazy, but even today, even today we get that. We live in a world where people twist the scriptures and they mix ideas from New Age religions and Buddhism and Hinduism and whatever else you can think of. And they form ideas about who Jesus was. So the letter to the Colossians is just as relevant today, no? it's yeah. just as relevant yeah. today as it was when it was written by Paul 61 years after Jesus walked on the earth. <clears throat> 61 years after Jesus was on earth, Paul wrote this letter. Alright. And right after Paul prays for them, he immediately begins to make, make clear the true identity of Jesus. That Jesus is God Himself and that Jesus has always existed. He's always existed as God and that through Jesus everything was created. Through Jesus everything was created. The key scripture for me in chapter 1 uh, that we looked at in, in previous messages is the verses 15 and 19 to 20. So the key verses, the key scriptures. Um, I'm going to read uh, Colossians 1 verse 15. So please, if you have a Bible, go there in your Bible. It's always good to, to see it yourself. Yeah. Okay. It says in verse 15, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. So Paul is establishing the identity of Jesus as not an angel. No? He's not an angel. He's making it clear here in verse 15 that Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. And then verse 19, also very important. For God in all His fullness was pleased to live in Christ. God in all His fullness was pleased to live in Christ and through Him 
God reconciled everything to Himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. That is great. That is awesome. Those three verses carry the main idea that Point wants to bring, or that Paul wants to bring across. He was making it clear that Jesus wasn't just an angel or a spirit or, or anything else. He was God in human form, God in a body. The Word was made flesh, and He dwelt among us. That's what John 1, what John 1 says. Why is it so important that we get this right? Why is it so important that we get this right? That we have the right belief about the identity of Jesus. Yeah, that we won't follow false doctrine. Yeah. I thought we know how we need to get saved. Because without knowing that, we cannot be saved. Absolutely. If we don't accept Jesus Christ as Son of God, I'll God you himself. Yeah. That is 100% for it. I must say my Amen. But I'm going to go to Acts 4, verse 12. Permission <laughs> done. In the, uh, uh, Acts 4, verse 12, uh, it says, There is salvation in no one else. Amen. There is salvation in no one else. God has given no, un no other name under heaven. Listen to that. Yeah. There is no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. Amen. That is why it's important. Jesus was God in human form. The Word of, uh, the Word who is God, who became flesh and dwelt among us for 33 years. If you believe Jesus to be anything other than that, anything other than that, no? it means you believe in a Jesus that cannot save you. And that's scary. No? If you don't acknowledge Jesus as God in the flesh, then He cannot save you. You're believing in a Jesus that is false, that, that doesn't exist, that can't save you. And He is powerless, yeah, absolutely. It means the Jesus in your head is not the same Jesus as revealed here in the Bible. Only Jesus offers our salvation as a gift. All other religions are focused on works and performance. No? Colossians 1 verse 22 says, Colossians 1 verse 22. Yet now he has reconciled us to himself through the death of Christ in his, in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. That is a beautiful verse no? and it is chock and block full of really beautiful revelations. I mean, He reconciles us to Himself. Think about that. Yeah, this is the New Living Translation that I'm reading from. And um, as a result, He has brought you into His own presence. Think about that. We get to spend time in the presence of God. Unrestricted access to the presence of God. And he says, you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. And that's all really awesome revelations. What I want to draw out from this verse is that he says, uh, now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. In his physical body. Paul made a point to say physical body. Okay. 
Jesus was not an angel or some spiritual being. In order to pay the penalty for sin, which was death, Jesus had to have a body like us, a human. No? 2 John, or 2 John 1 verse 7. 2 John 1 verse 7. I say this because many deceivers have gone out into the world. People that want to deceive the church. They, listen, this is so amazing. They deny, what do they deny? They deny that Jesus Christ came in a real body. Such a person is a deceiver and an antichrist. Yeah. That is very, very serious accusation there. You're a deceiver and an antichrist if you do not acknowledge that Jesus came in a real body. That is what these false teachers were coming in and teaching. And here we read it in Second in John as well. So it's not just Paul saying this. No other being could pay for the penalty of our sin. No other creature could pay for the sin of humanity. <clears throat> Why can't a human pay for, for the sin of humanity? Because we have our own sin. If we were to die on the cross, like we should have, like we deserve, because of our sin, no? then we would just die for our own sin. No? It would not achieve anything. Uh, the life of an animal cannot pay for sin. How do we know that? Look at the Old Testament. They were killing hundreds and thousands of sheep and cattle and whatever you can imagine to try and pay for their sin. <clears throat> uh, an angel cannot pay for man's sin because an angel is not a man. Amen? It's man that fell and sinned. So an angel can't pay for our sin. Good deeds and self-punishment that's probably the most common one today. Good deeds and trying through yourself to make yourself holy and punishing yourself for your sin. That cannot pay for it. Okay? Hebrews 10 verse 4 says, Hebrews 10 verse 4. Hebrews 10 verse 4 says, For it is not possible... For the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. And isn't there people today still killing animals yeah. for that purpose? Yeah. It's, it's crazy to think that it's still happening. Um, that is why in verse 5, Hebrews 10 verse 5, that is why when Christ came into the world, He said to God, You did not want animal sacrifices or sin offerings. Mm. This is what Jesus said to God. Uh, he said to God, you did not want animal sacrifices or sin offerings, but you have given me, you have given me, Jesus, a body to offer. Only God in a human body could pay the penalty of sin and save the world. That is why it is so important that we have a biblical view of who Jesus was and is, because it is the only true view of his identity. It's the only view that is correct. And true. We must ask ourselves, is what I believe about Jesus scriptural? And that's a deep question. Is what I believe about Jesus, is it scriptural? You might believe that he, he came in a human body, but many times we have little, little 
beliefs, into tiny little lies of how we see Jesus, what we think he thinks about us. No? So it's a deep question that I want to encourage you to think about and to meditate about. Is the Jesus that you have the right Jesus? Is he the Jesus as revealed in the scriptures to us? <clears throat> Some people think Jesus tolerates sin. That sin is okay. We can just go on sinning every day and he's just going to forgive us every time. And yes, that is true. But is it really? <laughs> then we're missing the mark. We, we're, not seeing, we're not seeing Jesus for who he truly is. He paid for that sin with his blood. We cannot be permissible towards sin. Amen. We cannot just go on as we want. Because then we're missing the gospel completely. Then we didn't understand the gospel at all. But there's little beliefs that I want to encourage you. And this will only come out as you study the scriptures. If you spend time with them. Okay. But let's look now at Colossians 2. Colossians 2. Just like last time, uh, I want us to divide up into small groups of about three people in a group. Um, I would appreciate if you could do that now, very fast, <laughs> very quickly. So, all the, maybe all the group leaders stand up. Group leaders, please stand up. And I want us to form little groups of three or four people. I don't want big groups. So three or four people? Yeah. Can it be four? Yes. Uh, yeah, it can be four. <laughs> There's two, yeah? This group is too big. <laughs> uh, uh, Philip, Peter, and uh, yeah. they are four. Nigel, you can join Philip's group. Okay, as usual, don't stress, <laughs> don't stress, they are a group, the three of them are a group. Okay, are we all good now? Alright, just as usual, don't stress about this, uh, it's a relaxed environment, we're just going to discuss the word together, uh, you're not being tested. <laughs> not being tested, we're not seeing who is the smartest around here, or anything like that. Um, but if we look at the way that the Hebrews and the, the Jewish people taught and studied, it was in this kind of fashion. Um, it is a Greek mindset that says that one person stands in front and teaches and the others listen. In the Jewish culture, they, they speak together, they learn together. Okay. 
Okay, so as we read through uh, Colossians 2, I want you to keep a question in mind. And the question is, what is the core message? What is the core message or the main idea that Paul wants to bring across? Okay? And try and choose for yourself one key verse. One verse that you think kind of summarizes uh, the whole chapter. Okay, I know that's a, a tall order uh, and it's difficult if you only get five or ten minutes, but let's see what happens there. Okay, so I'm going to read through Colossians 2 verse 1 and keep in mind what is the main or the core message that Paul wants to bring across. <clears throat> Alright, Colossians 2 verse 1 in the New Living Translation. Uh, what, and if you can follow in your Bible, that would also be, be awesome. No? <coughs> I want you to know how much I have agonized for you and for the church at Laodicea and for many other believers who have never met me personally. This is Paul speaking. Eh? I want them to be encouraged and knit together by strong ties of love. I want them to have complete confidence that they understand God's mysterious plan, which is Christ Himself. In Him lie hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I am telling you this so no one will deceive you with well-crafted arguments. For though I am far away from you, my heart is with you, and I rejoice that you are living as you should, and that your faith in Christ is strong. And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow Him. Let your roots grow down into Him, and let your lives be built on Him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth that you were taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world, rather than from Christ. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. Ten, verse 10, So you also are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. Verse 11, When you came to Christ, you were circumcised, not by a physical procedure, Christ performed a spiritual circumcision, the cutting away of your sinful nature. For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized. And we know that baptized there means immersed. Now you were placed into Christ. It's not talking about water baptism. Okay, Just a little side note. And with Him you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. Verse 13. You were dead because of your sins and because, of your, because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ, for He forgave all our sins. He cancelled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. In this way, He disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by His victory over them on the cross. So don't let anyone condemn you for what you eat or drink 
or for not celebrating certain holy days or new moon ceremonies or Sabbaths. For these rules are only shadows of the reality to come, and Christ himself is that reality. Don't let anyone condemn you by insisting on pious self-denial or the worship of angels, saying they have had visions about these things. Their sinful minds have made them proud, and they are not connected to Christ, the head of the body. For He holds the whole body together with its joints and ligaments, and it grows as God nourishes it. Verse 20, You have died with Christ, and He has set you free from the spiritual powers of this world. So why do you keep on following these, the rules of the world, such as, don't handle, don't taste, don't touch. Such rules are mere human teachings about things that deteriorate as we use them. These rules may seem wise because they require strong devotion, pious self-denial, and severe bodily discipline. But they provide no help in conquering a person's evil desires. Okay, that's a lot. <laughs> That's a lot. What is the core message or the main idea that Paul wants to bring across? And if you if you saw if you saw one, what would you say is the 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 main verse or the key verse in the scripture? So I see a couple of points, and you guys have mentioned a couple of points. Uh, Paul is making a couple of points here, and we will look at them now. But when I study a portion of scripture like this, I like to highlight a key verse, like I said, a verse that connects the whole piece, that sums it up in a sense. And I think the key verse here is Colossians 2 verse 2. Colossians 2 verse 2, that says, My goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love, so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding, in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ. No? That they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ. So, and there's, there's another scripture that says, that says something similar now. I'm going to quickly go there. But Paul is pointing them to Jesus. Paul is pointing them to Jesus Christ. That is what he is doing in this verse. Um, so it's verse 9 and 10. He also says, For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in the human body, so that you are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. I think you guys said that. And then verse, um, verse 17, he says, For these rules are only shadows of the reality yet to come. And Christ himself is that reality. So if we keep in mind the context, no? the context of why he wrote the letter is to fight on, against this false teaching. No? So what he is doing throughout, he, I'm going to make it clear to you now, but throughout the, the scripture he's, he's mentioning Jesus. He's keep, he keeps pointing back to Jesus. Okay. Um, Paul knows the value of knowing Jesus. He knows that Christ is all we need to know. Jesus and the salvation that He offers 
is all that we need to understand. Philippians 3 verse 8, Paul says that everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For His sake I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage, so that I could gain Christ. Okay, so Paul knew the value of knowing Jesus. And that is what he is doing um, throughout Colossians 2 as well. He's pointing people to Jesus. He is also pointing, by pointing to Jesus, he is pointing their attention away from other things. Eh? Uh, so Paul is urging them to turn their focus away from all the different ideas and teachings and wisdom of the world and these false teachers. He is pointing them to Jesus, pointing them to the truth. John 14, 6, Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. And Paul knew this. No? Paul knew the only way to the Father is through Jesus. Okay, but now I want us to discuss what does, and you guys touched on it some, some of you touched on, on these points already, but we're gonna, I'm going to make it clear to you now. What does Paul point them away from? What are the things that are distracting the people? No? What does point Paul point them away from? What are the things that are distracting them? What is Paul urging them also to do? So that's two questions. What is he pointing away from? And what is he urging them to do? And the first portion that I want you to look at is verses 1 to 10. Okay? So only look at verses 1 to 10. <coughs> yeah, for both both the questions I just asked. Look at uh, verses 1 to 10 and also verse 18. Okay, so he is pointing them away from something, pointing them to Jesus. And let's see what if you can find out what they are, what he is pointing them away from. So we see that the people in that time, just like today, was looking for new mysterious knowledge and revelations that sounded new and exciting. Hidden wisdom and knowledge about the spiritual world. They were looking for visions and dreams, like we see in verse 18. Eh? Uh, they were looking for visions and dreams and spiritual encounters. The false teachers and those who followed them were prideful, looking down on other people who did not have these spiritual encounters uh, and hidden wisdom. And that is why Paul points them to Jesus. Um, he's basically saying, you want to know mysteries? The greatest mystery of God is Jesus. That is what he's saying. You want hidden wisdom and knowledge? Don't listen to all these high-sounding nonsense, philosophies and all of those things. You want hidden wisdom and knowledge? It is to be found in Jesus. No? Um, you want to worship the greatest spiritual being? Forget about angels. Jesus is even higher than the angels. He is God. All the fullness of God lives in Jesus. He is the ruler and is much greater than any other spiritual being. Jesus has all power and authority. Stop wasting your time on angels. That's what Paul is basically saying. And believe it or not, these kinds of things is creeping into the church today. Not, not Grace Life, but in the church as a whole. Thank goodness in Grace Life we get good teaching. Amen. 
And so what are we to do? Like I asked you the question, what, what does Paul urge us to do now? And I, the answer is in verse 7. Verse 7 he says, and you guys got it earlier as well. And you got it now as well. Turn away from these things. Let your roots grow down into Him. And let your lives be built on Him. That is what Paul is urging them to do in verse 7. Let your roots grow down, down into Christ and let your lives be built on Him. If you do that, then no one will be able to capture you with lies. Can anyone pull a tree out of the ground and run away with it? No, it's impossible. No? Unless you have metal arms. Unless you're a robot or something. Or you have an excavator like, like uh, Nigel. But if you're just a human being, it's impossible to pull a tree out of the ground. No? Okay, so that is what Paul is saying. Let your roots grow down into Christ. Then these other things, these false teachings, these philosophies, these fake spiritual people, like, like Rita also said, they, they, they appear to have knowledge, they appear to know God, but they don't. If you're rooted in Him, then those things won't even bother you. Alright, so then the second thing uh, that Paul is pointing them away from is to be found in verse 16 to 23. Verse 16 to 23. And what does he urge them to do? I want you to quickly go look at that for me. And discuss in your groups. What is the second thing that Paul is pointing them away to? And what does he urge them to do? The second thing in verses 16 to 23. The thing is, the second thing that I would say is performance-based religion. Performance-based religion. Verse 16 says, Therefore do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink. This verse that uh, um, Philip just read. And then verse, um, verse 20. Yes. Since you died with Christ to the elemental spiritual forces of this world, why, as though you are still belonging to the world, you submit to its rules? Yeah? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. These rules, which have to do with things that are all destined to perish with use, are based on merely human commands and teachings, traditions. No? Such regulations have indeed an appearance of wisdom, but with their self-imposed worship, their false humility and harsh treatment of the body, they lack any value in restraining sensual indulgences. That is a different translation. Um, but yeah, we can see from these verses that the church was also struggling against performance-based religion. They were being told to follow all kinds of Jewish rules and laws with regards to diets and holy days and keeping the Sabbath. The Colossian church was not even a Jewish community. They weren't even Jewish, they were Gentiles. Verse 17 is very important. These are a shadow of the things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. All of those Jewish holidays and traditions actually point to Jesus. And that is exactly what Paul is also doing. He was pointing them back to Jesus. In verse 23, Paul makes it clear that these things are unnecessary. And they distract people from Jesus. And what is truly important, relationship with God. Another translation says that these rules provide no help in conquering a person's evil desires, the New Living Translation, because that can only be done through the power of the Spirit. Amen? Being born again and relationship with God. 
He tells them not to submit to these rules. Um, and then, if we look at verse 11 to 15, we're not going to discuss it. He talks about circumcision. Eh? Circumcision. Um, if you look in your Bibles, you see that Paul is using circumcision to explain to us what Jesus did to our hearts. Now I know that circumcision is a bit awkward to talk about, but I'm going to read for you. And if you don't know what circumcision is, go ask uh, someone else, not me. Um, and they will explain it to you, hopefully, if they know what it is. But I'm going to read for you a prophecy in the Old Testament uh, that really blessed me. Uh, in Deuteronomy 30 verse 6 it says, Deuteronomy 30 verse 6, and the Lord your God will circumcise your heart. How beautiful is that? Yeah. The Lord your God will circumcise your heart and the heart of your descendants to love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul that you may live. That is a, that is a verse in the law. Eh? The first five books of the Bible, the law. And there already, circumcision was never supposed to be a ritual for the Jews. It's not a ritual. It's not going to make them righteous in God's eyes. Since, since the beginning, since circumcision was given, it has always been about faith. Okay? Because by faith we believe and we are saved. Amen? Romans 4, I'm finishing up now guys. Romans 4 verse 11 says, Circumcision was a sign that Abraham already had faith and that God had already accepted him and declared him to be righteous even before he was circumcised. So Abraham is the spiritual father of those who have faith but have not been circumcised. They are counted as righteous because of their faith. And then Paul so beautifully makes it clear and explains circumcision, true circumcision, in Colossians 2 verse 11, when you came to Christ, you were circumcised, but not by a physical procedure. Christ performed a spiritual circumcision, the cutting away of your sinful nature. That is so cool. Yeah. For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized, and with Him you were raised to new life, because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. Verse 13, you were dead. Because of your sins and because of your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ for he forgave all your sins. That is cool. Jesus cut away your sinful nature has been cut off and thrown away. It is no longer a part of you. Sin is no longer a part of you. Sin has been removed from us. Alright. And that is it for me but what I want to encourage you to do is to take some time today this afternoon or tonight or whenever you you read the Bible and just read through Colossians 2 again and just just ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you what he is trying to say to you personally because even though Paul wrote this letter to people in a different time and a different place, and yes, it is relevant to us today, God speaks to us through His Word. Amen. And then I want to ask you to ask yourself, how can I apply what I have learned? How can I apply what I have learned? 
and how would you say we can apply what we have learned today? The answer is very simple. Point people to Jesus. Point people to Jesus. Amen. Let's close our eyes. We'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to connect with us, or if you'd like us to pray with you, please contact us at info at gracelife.co. If you'd like to order more resources or discover more about us, you can visit our website at www.gracelife.co or find us on Twitter, Facebook and YouTube.